Hey everybody, Chris Fafalius here. If you enjoy One Hit Thunder, which I'm assuming you do considering you're listening to it right now, I want to tell you about another great music podcast on the Evergreen Podcast Network. It's called Riffs on Riffs. On this season of Riffs on Riffs, hosts Toby Braswell and Joe Watson are breaking down one iconic pop song each week. Everything from Taylor Swift's Cruel Summer to Journey's Don't Stop Believin' to Naughty by Nature's OPP. Each week, they crack open the song, trace its history, decode those cryptic lyrics, and unearth the hidden gems in its musical DNA. Not only do they dive into the song's history, lyrics, and impact, they also go down some fun and oftentimes hilarious rabbit holes. So yeah, if you're a fan of One Hit Thunder, I think you'll also enjoy Riffs on Riffs. So go hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We often forget that artists might tune into One Hit Thunder to hear us offer our sometimes misinformed and always overly opinionated thoughts on their music. One of these artists, John Hampson of Nine Days, was gracious enough to not only listen to our episode on Absolutely Story of a Girl, but also to kindly send us a series of tweets correcting some things we didn't get quite right. A few years later, he's here with us to discuss a band that he spent a lot of time with on the road back in the day. Does Stroke Nine's little black backpack make John want a tango, or does this catchy pop rock classic make him want to bash his head in? Stay tuned to find out. John, welcome to the show. We're really excited to have you, man, because we've actually talked about one of your songs on One Hit Thunder before, and I <laughs> and I think that we've made this connection because you listened to the episode, which sometimes, yeah. sometimes can be a good thing and sometimes can be a bad thing on One Hit Thunder. But I don't think we took you to task, right? No, no, and you, you guys should never censor yourselves, <laughs> you know? So uh, it was good. Uh, it, it, I remember... How long ago was that? I was trying was, to remember. It was, it was like one of our first 20 episodes. This okay. is going to be episode 160. Okay. So it <laughs> was a while ago. <laughs> See, I I remember listening to that. And I, I, I maybe I've got the time mixed up, but it was it during quarantine? Does yep. yeah. that sound right? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Because I used to go on these epic, probably like a lot of people, just these epic long walks. Yeah. I mean, like for miles, just walk because there was <laughs> nothing to do. And I remember listening to that on one of those walks. And, uh, 
you know, just kind of laughing and smiling, like you're eavesdropping on a conversation kind of <laughs> about, and, about you, about me. And then I'm like making notes. I'm like, okay, that's wrong. Uh, that's right. Let me let them know. So it was, you it was sent fun. us like seven tweets. I want to say in a series of like seven tweets, you're like, Hey, love the episode. Want to clear up something. <laughs> I don't and remember we, what they were, but yeah. I remember doing it. If I did enough digging, I could find it because I immediately yeah. took screenshots of all of it and shared okay. it to the Facebook group and was just like, guys, just want to clear up something about the recent nine days episode. Well, John, we- I'll tell you, in recent episodes, we had a run where every <laughs> see, we always assume that well, I don't assume this anymore, but we always assume that the bands or artists that we're doing the episodes about aren't going to hear them. <laughs> we, right, sure. We, we had a string of episodes. They must have been five in a row, Matt, right? Where yeah. every single one, it started with Jan Arden. Do you know who Jan Arden is? Sure, yeah, Ins- I do, actually. In- insensitive. We did an episode yeah. about it, and we like the song, but we had a lot of fun with that one. <laughs> and uh. her fans went, she posted, like, should I listen to this? And posted a link to it, and her fans went crazy on us. <laughs> and right. then, and then, it was, then it was Lucas from Lucas with the Lid Off, if you remember that song. Uh-huh. And then, then B.B. Uh-huh. Mac came at us. B.B. Mac was oh, not happy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But anyway, we really appreciate the uh, yeah, the the interaction. And John... I got to start off by telling you, first of all, I'm a nine days fan. In fact, I think I love absolutely story of a girl, but I think I like if I am even better when I had that album, like this is the jam. Can't believe that wasn't a hit as well. That's an amazing song. You and me both. So I'll I'll jump in on that one. I, I remember when, you know, we put the album out and everything. And in my mind, I'm always the guy that it's not usually the hit that gets me into a band. It's like mm-hmm. the follow-up or, or another song, you know, right. that I go, oh, I love these guys. And I just really thought, oh man, once we get, once we put If I Am out, that's when people are going to really get it. And it just didn't happen. You know, it, it's one of those things where you just, you can, well, th- there's that famous quote, right? The, uh, the best laid plans of mice and men off go awry. Yeah. And, and that's just all it is. You know, you, you have a plan, but in the end, you're, you, there's so many factors that you rarely do things go according to plan. Right. So it just doesn't happen. And John, I saw a quote from you. I, I saw it on Wikipedia, so I don't know if it's true, but it was basically something along the lines of, if absolutely story of a girl is the one hit we have, then then we did it and I can fix up my truck. It was something along those lines. And I don't know if you actually said that or if someone made that up, but I, I love that yeah. because here, anyone playing the one hit thunder drinking game? I'm about to say it. I would love to have one hit. We we cel- yeah. we celebrate having a hit here. Yeah. And and also we'll note there are a lot of bands that we consider legendary bands who are in fact one hit wonders. The Grateful Dead. Yeah. They only had one hit. The Mighty Mighty <laughs> Boston's. Yeah, Mighty Mighty yeah. Boston's. They only had one hit. We just did an episode on T Rex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. T Rex. Oh in my the God. US. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so Mark Bolin, right? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Did I did we learn a lot about him? I didn't know his he's like the <laughs> ultimate rock and roll story. But John, yeah. I gotta talk to you about this. Matt brought it up to me. I saw it in the theaters. It was the first movie I saw back when I was like, okay. It's okay to go back to a theater. I went and saw everything everywhere all at once, which, by the way, when we're recording this today, they announced all the Oscar nominees. Yeah. And it's one of the best picture nominees, as it should be. Um, Rightfully so. I think (laughs) I haven't seen all 10 movies. I saw 
I think it's better than Banshees of Anna Sharon for sure. And that seems to be one people are like really hyping up. I thought that was okay. You can watch it on HBO Max. It's okay. I watched half yeah. a tar. I guess I got to watch the second half because the first half didn't do a lot for me. Everything, everywhere, yeah. all at once. Not only do I think it's the best movie of the year, it's in my top 20 movies ever probably i've i walked out yeah. of movie theater being like that was incredible and your song is a part of it that is yeah. insane how did that come about and how exciting was that for you we could talk for a long time yeah. on this one but I'll, I'll try to give you a, a truncated version um first of all it is one of i don't know i can't number them but it's one of the coolest things i've ever have happened or, or been a part of, I mean, by far, you know, it's in the top handful of things. I'm a huge movie fan, uh, film fan, whatever you want to call it. The shortest version I can give you, and I'll try, uh, <laughs> like literally almost two years ago. Um, and, and there's so many things that are weird about this that, that I, I feel like I can't leave out, but I was going to get gas. And I'm, I'm, there's a point to this. <laughs> um, so I was at a particularly rough stretch of time. I don't remember why I had teenagers at the time. They're still teenagers, but you know, so maybe that was it. But I, I, I was thinking to myself, man, the universe has got to even out here. Something good's got to happen. This has just been, you know, too, too stressful. Thirty seconds later, I pull up to the gas pump, and my, I get an email, and it's from my publisher saying, hey. You know, the, these directors, the Daniels want to use your song in their film. I'm like, there you go, universe. This is awesome. You know, I read it and you saw the film. So imagine mm -hmm. reading the synopsis <laughs> yeah. of that in, in one single paragraph. I'm like, what in God's name is this film? I don't understand. But I I, I knew the director's film, Swiss Army Man and A24 yeah. Pictures. I had seen a bunch of their films. I'm like, these guys are legit. This is legit. I'm excited. Initially, I, I don't remember any exactly how it came up, but I knew they were going to want to manipulate the song. Mm -hmm. uh, and at first it was just, hey, will I give them permission? And I, I basically, I would say twice a week would email my publisher like, hey, remind them I'm a film fan. I'd love to do this. I'd love to be involved. Right. And eventually they they asked me if I would write rewrite Story of a Girl. They sent me a couple of scenes and they were like, we just want it literal to what's happening in the scene. <laughs> so I wrote one for the story of a dom right. scene. Yeah. And then the uh, <laughs> and then one for story of a chef. And then they also asked me for a Celine Dion 90s ballad version <laughs> of the song. And uh my good friend Paul Umbach used to work over at Jive Records back in the 90s with Britney Spears and all that kind of stuff. So I'm like, Paul, you're the guy, you're going to help me do this. And so we gave them three versions. They used them in the film. Uh I got to Zoom call with the directors and you know, one of the Daniels uh, explained to me how he used a couple lines from Story of a Girl as dialogue. So, I mean, for me, it's like, you know, I, I couldn't I couldn't even ever imagine those things all happening. And then, you know, I saw it in a theater, too. And uh, it's just an amazing thrill of an experience. So I, I can't I, it's 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 kind of crazy, really. That's the coolest yeah. thing that Matt just saw it a couple of days ago for the first yeah. time. I've been yeah. telling him well, to watch the, it for a long time. Well, the thing that I I think what I read was also that because they started writing that script in 2016, yeah. And that the when they quoted the song, that was in the very first draft as just a filler yeah. line, like, "Oh, this will we'll put something else here." And then, like yeah. over the seven years, they're just like, "I don't know, we can't come up with anything better." Yeah. Then the clothes never wear as well the next day and your hair never falls in quite the same way. 
Yeah, I guess and we got to reach out to this guy to get permission. Oh, it's great. And thank goodness that happened. Yeah. Yeah. So, so cool, uh, man. Yeah. Congratulations on well, that. And just the success of the song in general. This song lives on. You still hear this song at the grocery store or at a restaurant. or That's like yeah. all, all these bands got to know over the years. Gin Blossoms are a good example. Like those songs, you, you hear them everywhere. They're, they'll they live on after us. And I think that's pretty cool that, you know, yeah. that you have a song like that. So cool. But we're not here actually today to talk about <laughs> st- about Absolutely. Yeah, we're, enough about Story of a Girl. <laughs> we're here to actually talk about another really catchy song. Uh, from the band Stroke Nine called Little Black Backpack. And you chose this song, and it feels like, I don't know, uh, your touring schedule from that era or whatever, but it feels like you guys would have at least played some shows together. We played a lot of shows okay. together. Okay. <laughs> yeah, a lot of shows, and um, we had a lot of fun. i got to tell you really quick here. I was talking to Luke, who's the singer in Stroke Nine, and I let him know I was going to do this. And I'm like, give me some cool tidbits uh, fact or fiction, you know, anything mm-hmm. you want to put out there, because we sort of have this fun, almost like pretend fight on Twitter with each other. Sometimes we, <laughs> we give each other crap. Uh, and for a while, people didn't realize, you know, the, the people that were paying attention didn't know we were joking around, which was more fun. Right. <laughs> so we we were going to punk you guys today and I was going to come on and I was going to say that I wrote it and I've been suing them for 20 years. Wow. <laughs> and, and that's why I asked you, Matt, I was like, can we get Luke on? Because I was going to make it seem like I couldn't get him on the phone and you finally did. And we were going to go at it and argue and it was going to be awesome. But we decided not to. Um, <laughs> well, but anyway, well, I, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that that's incredible. And this song, this is a really good song. I think <laughs> we t- I've talked about this. Matt knows what I'm going to talk about. It's another thing for the for the bingo card of One Hit Thunder. But I had this era teenagers late late teen where I was a little bit too cool for anything that was on the radio. I liked punk music, and if it was on the radio, Nine Days being an exception because I had your actual CD. You you won me over. You won over the punk. Okay. But nice. So this Little Black Backpack song, I remember it, but mm-hmm. I had to go back and like kind of rediscover it now in preparation for this episode. And I got to say a couple things. One, it's really good. Second of all, it's really strange how yeah. this song starts like it's going to be some ballad and then mm-hmm. speeds up and it's just a completely different song and then goes back. It feels like different songs just smashed into each other, but somehow it works. I happened to watch a live video of them playing on Kimmel and he almost gives a look at the end of the verse as if it was written with that very intention to like punk you out into thinking that this was like a power ballad. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like this angry pissed off yeah, song yeah. secretly. It's actually kind of brilliant. <laughs> um, I, I One of the one hit Thunder firsts here. Uh, I think this is the first time we've talked about a band that, according to Wikipedia, formed as a high school class project. <laughs> yeah, yes. like a rock band or what was like a rock band situation or uh, yeah, it was a rock band yeah. class that they took in high school. That's pretty. That's a pretty cool way to start a band. You know what? There's another very famous band that formed in almost the same way. Is it Nine Days? It's not. It's uh, <laughs> I, I don't know how. Old, I think I'm I'm a bit older than you guys, but uh, you guys know the Wiggles. Yeah. Yes. Of course. <laughs> All right. The Wiggles started as a college project, so I always knew there was a connection between Stroke Nine and the Wiggles. Yeah. And there you go. Wow. Well, I, I think that's us way. announcing the Wiggles Stroke Nine tour of 2023. <laughs> yeah. We can lock yeah, that definitely. in. 
<laughs> yeah, so the the intro and then it, it eventually comes back and it is a major fake out. I would imagine it's such a fake out that it's surprising to me that it became a radio hit unless the fake out part that I'm calling it was such the sound of radio at that time that it sucked people in and then they stuck with it, you know, because I yeah. almost think that like, if I were listening to that and the radio came on and it was this ballady mid-tempo thing, I might change the channel as someone who likes something more like what the song actually is. Uh, it was, yeah. 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 It's a, it's a little bit strange, but yeah, it, it it's, it is interesting. And you know, it's funny too. Cause I mean, I look, I toured with those guys for a long time and, and when you tour together, you hear each other like, from the dressing room or, or across the hall or whatever, you know, when you listen to that song now and a couple of their songs, the, the, the verse could be Toad the Wet Sprocket. Sure. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and in a good way. I love, I love Toad the Wet Sprocket, oh, but I'm yeah. like, wow, I would not have thought that at the time because you're so keyed into, like you said, with radio, what's happening, what's modern. And, mm -hmm. and uh, although Toad the Wet Sprocket was certainly not an old band at the time, they, their radio presence wasn't so much there at that time. But um, yeah, and then the chorus kicks in. And I actually, I, they were sort of trying to, to do a Dave Matthews thing, switching from you know, the waltz feel in uh -huh. the verses and then, and then changing it up. But yeah, it's a super interesting arrangement and i remember when we were touring our sound guy was like what the hell are they doing what is that <laughs> yeah it's that that the chorus of it sounds to me like something butch walker-ish it, it reminds mm -hmm. me of like you know there were a lot of bands that butch produced and was in around that yep. era that had yep. that sound that it's almost pop punk music but not it's it's still like uh rate top 40 friendly uh but sure. it's it's really good and also a very well-placed falsetto in the pre-chorus, which is yeah. an undeniable hook in this song when, when he goes to that. So it's kind of got it all. Sure. It's kinda, yeah. kinda, well, the, the other thing that kind of jumped out at me, and I didn't sit down and physically count this out, but I think that this song's chorus has more lyrics than the verses and bridge combined. It is such a wordy, long yeah. chorus, but we've talked about that before on the show that part of the fun of some of those songs is it's like, it's one of those songs that's kind of cool if you know every word to the chorus, right? Because it's yeah. so yeah. like, it's almost like a tongue twister mm -hmm. throughout. Some oh of yeah. It. Like, it's like the one week from the bare naked ladies. Like yeah. if you yeah. sing that whole, the verses in that one, that was a challenge. Yeah. yeah. Same, yeah, definitely. And the, yeah, I love the lyrics themselves are percussive in a way yeah. little black backpack back like it's <laughs> it's like you're playing <laughs> you yeah. know some sort of percussion instrument with your mouth it's fun to sing along i i think that any of us could have said this song's going to be a hit the first time we heard that chorus yeah. probably right and yeah, yeah. but it's it's yeah. a wild song to be a hit that has a chorus that contains a lyric that's like I don't want to tango with you. I'd rather tangle with him. I'm going to bash his head in. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That is a wild chorus. <laughs> it's a, the chorus. Look, it's a hit, right? So we all know the chorus is great. Um, but it, you're so on the money. The verse is almost like it's this meandering, you know, does it, what is he even talking about here? And it's, it's just this sonic, nice little thing. But really, it's the chorus, yeah. you know, like yeah. you're saying it's, 
brilliant and and the, the like you're saying the the percussiveness of the lyrics that uh and i love the tag at the end don't expect and i'll i won't even say it right now don't expect to get your bloody black backpack back there's <laughs> yeah. no way he got that right the first time no but uh <laughs> it's so good it's such a great line it's a great hook uh and and, and of course if if you were around in the mid nineties or whatever, like if you were in your twenties, uh, those those little black backpacks were everywhere. Yeah. So <laughs> and, it resonated. And it resonates to anyone, which, you know, I guess you I, I interpret this as whoever this love interest is in the song, it's going after their ex-boyfriend, right? That's is that the is that what's going on in these lyrics? I, I, I haven't really deciphered I, them, but that's what it seems like is happening. Right. And and <laughs> yeah. that fantasy or whatever when someone, you know, is a jerk to someone you care about or whatever, right. even if you're not I hope that no one's going to go out and be violent, but that at least getting that aggression out via song, via singing along to something, to that will appeal to so many people. Like that's just oh, another yeah. reason why. Uh, it, listen, it's a it's a pop culture moment uh, for sure in in the backpack part, but then it's this general sort of aggro guy thing, you know. Yes. Like, of course, you're going to want to beat the crap out of somebody who you know is <laughs> whatever, messing with your girlfriend or jealous or whatever. Right. But so I should throw this out there because uh, I you know I got my own my own Wikipedia from from Luke that is, and the uh, on the demo version, which you can hear on Spotify. Uh, the actual lyric was, I don't know if I can use this word, but I'll just say, I want to smash his effing head in. Uh, yeah, so no, it, you can curse on here. Go for yeah, you want to smash his fucking head in. Uh, it, it, it got sanitized for, for the major label release. But uh, right. yeah, that's even that's even more aggressive. I'm surprised that probably yeah. would have made the song even bigger, actually. Like, it's it's probably, yeah, just leap it out. Yeah. Keep in mind, this this song is hitting at the same time as. Limp Biscuit is probably the mm -hmm. biggest band in the world, so they weren't they oh weren't holding God, back. Yeah. No, <laughs> um, no. Yeah, this was the same time as that "fuck it" song that we've covered oh, on yeah, the sure. show by Emon. Yeah, like, it was, right. that's it was right. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, I remember that. So, I got to tell you guys, I went to the music video for this song, and I, Matt, I got to start doing this every episode because I was laughing out loud over here at some of the comments on the music video, and some of them I thought were very. Uh, conversation starters so i i, I want to talk about some of these comments on the music video oh boy okay which they just recently in the past couple of years re-uploaded like an hd version of it because okay you know it would have been all you see a lot of videos from that time they're kind of grainy on youtube now or whatever but yeah i thought this was a good one <laughs> chase james 6614 said the 90s wasn't a decade it was an emotion <laughs> <laughs> which it's like that is deep man that's that's yeah. good i think that, that it's a good comment for a song that peaked in february of 2000 but <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> it came out in 99 it just caught the end yeah. um so uh blaine barnett 8449 said i miss the 90s what the hell do kids listen to these days while growing up <laughs> i just think it's funny to assume that <laughs> this was the only song there were two responses to that by the way one said jojo siwa and the other one said olivia rodrigo so that's what kids oh, are God, listening yeah. to now. but the other thing too is uh the 90s are uh, as a decade it's just like any other decade the first half of the 90s are totally different than the second half <laughs> sure. of the 90s <laughs> sure so you can't just say the 90s i mean they are it's it's so bifurcated to use a, a $10 word there. Uh, and that second half is when we, you know, kind of 
caught the tail end of that. And our record didn't come out till 2000 and that was our doom. But uh, anyway, yeah, but these guys, that was, this was a, a, is a late nineties song for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you, uh, I'm going to get off track for a second here, but uh, John, do you, or stroke nine, we, Matt and I discussed this theory before about some bands that we liked and bands that we've covered on one hit thunder that, do you think that music got super way more dark on the radio and stuff after nine 11? Did that, did that hurt uh, like more up-tempo or poppy bands? Did, Cause it seems like a lot of what were hits for a year or two after that were just a lot darker music. Have you ever thought about that or noticed that? Yeah, I definitely have. And uh, you know, again, I could have a whole side conversation, but uh, you know, did, did you guys happen to read the book um, Meet Me in the Bathroom or see the documentary that just came out about the New York City scene with the Strokes and Karen O? And... Um, I know about no, it. but I'm aware of this. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I read, uh, big again, a long story short, uh, there was a whole scene of music happening. It's really the, the Strokes were the probably the biggest band to come out of it. And when I when I read that that book and then certainly saw the documentary, but I realized that music was changing anyway. Mm -hmm. And 9-11 kind of, I'm sure it, it had a, it definitely had a big impact, but it was shifting regardless. And bands like, you know, like, like Nine Days and, and probably Stroke Nine, and I could keep going on and on, but any of those sort of uh, rock bands or the alt rock bands from the late nineties that had success at radio mainstream success. Mm -hmm. Uh, if you just go down the list, I mean, you can literally see that they fell off a cliff. Right. Uh, it yeah. just ended and it was wacky. I mean, it just abruptly was over. So I'm sure nine 11 played a part in that, but there was already a whole thing happening that was just waiting for its moment to, to kind of bubble up and, I think that's really what it was. You know, yeah, I, I think that it's, I, I do think that it's like a twofold piece, right? Because yeah. people want to listen to the music that reflects the mood that they're in. So it's mm -hmm. like, while this like strokes, even all of the, the bands, the White Stripes, the Hives, all of these bands are making their records and all those bands have been around since the late 90s. They were, they were recording records at the exact same time that everyone else was. Yeah. But... Like the example I always use is like look at a Blink One Eighty Two video. Like look at the Blink One Eighty Two video released in the summer of two thousand one. The the rock show and mm -hmm. and first date and they're these like bright vivid colors and they're goofy yeah. videos and then the video in like October of two thousand twenty one yeah. is stay together for the kids where it's black and white and they're like surrounded by rubble and it's a real like yeah. sad moody song. So I think that there was something about this like. That that like era of the the bands and that throwback to the garage sound, there was also just this like feeling. All of those songs have this almost feeling of like apathetic depression, <laughs> and yeah. like I think that that like they were already having this underground scene that was starting to pop off, and then it was just like oh the door has opened oh, for yeah. the exact right yeah. time for people to want to listen to music that just feels hopeless <laughs> like, it's different yeah it was a shift absolutely it's no a, pun intended it's a good thing the strokes are good that's all i gotta say i like the strokes <laughs> and it's a good thing they're good because when you read their story of like where they came from and how they started yeah they would be the ultimate band i would hate they were all they were all rich kids that met at a yeah. like 
school for rich kids in like Switzerland and they were and they had like band photos looking like models before they recorded a song yeah. and like everything about them like but then it's like damn it they're good though <laughs> how, but, how are they you good <laughs> you couldn't build a more perfect rock band in 2001 than that than them i mean yeah, literally everything right. about it was perfect but yeah. they're they were good so yeah. you know that you just, last night video is go. still i remember being in high school watching that video and just being like these are the coolest dudes i've ever seen in my life <laughs> yeah like just shooting a video yeah. live not caring that they're screwing right. up like the sets falling apart around right, them. Right. like that's so cool yeah <laughs> they're from new york new york needed yep. to have a comeback i mean there there was all there was they had everything going for them but i'm not talking shit they're actually good they're <laughs> several of my friends favorite band ever and i'm like yeah i get it i it's hard for me to get past that thing but whatever it's I, fine yeah i get it <laughs> back to to stroke nine a little bit so stroke nine had this this song which it, it's very very much on the border of being able to even talk about this song on the show matt because it hit a peak of number 39 on the, yeah. on the hot 100 so it just got there we sometimes bend the rules for bands like hum and stuff on here before but right. but uh right. 39 unlike story of a girl which went all the way to number six on the billboard hot 100 and number one on the mainstream top 40 congratulations man thank you yes you, you got the you. bragging rights against your buds there <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah they gave us a lot of crap so uh, we, yeah. we'll, we'll at least take that but yeah, they did. I mean, they released a follow-up single with Letters, which I do think is a really good song. I actually think Washing and Wondering on this record yep. really should have been a single. I think it's a really good, catchy song. It, um, and there are some people who are going to be like, you motherfuckers, Stroke Nine's not a one-hit wonder. What about Kick Some Ass? Wow. Which did not chart very well. You just love that song because it's right. used beautifully in Jay and Silent Bob yep. Strike Back. But... <laughs> <Yeah>. Well, <laughs> I also want to note, before we get on to that second album, I want to note that this album, this Nasty Little Thoughts album from Stroke Nine, was produced by Jerry Harrison from The Talking Heads and Rupert Hine. Yeah. Like, monster producers produced this thing. That's pretty cool. I'm a huge Talking Heads fan, yeah. so the fact that they got to work with Jerry Harrison is pretty freaking awesome. I wouldn't yeah. have guessed that from the sound no. of the music at all. Like no. it's, the, it's like, I guess this song is quirky. It is... It, the, the, we already that's the first thing we talked about with the song is the quirkiness but it's just not in the way that i think of like talking heads and no yeah you would never to me there's nothing there that would you'd go oh that's jerry harrison right. um but i think he did i think i don't i didn't look this up but i i just remember at the time he was producing a lot of more mainstream mm -hmm. bands like that i could be wrong but i know his i, I remember his name coming up quite a bit yeah. um but, but I just want to go back because I when we used to play, when, you know, when we toured with them, the highlight of their show for me was the song Letters. I just loved that song. Yeah, I thought it's a great song. And my only critique would have been it should have started with the verse. Just come right in here, dear, alone with all you. It should have just come right in with that. Mm -hmm. uh, so I just wanted to get that out there now, finally, 22 the, years later. It is. That's good. a good point. And I get we're going to I'm going to throw this right back to you. But there's something to be said about songs that just kick off with the words. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And I think absolutely that's another yeah. part of it is like the very first thing you hear when you put that song on is your voice for a couple seconds. And it's yeah. like, it's under, you also get to avoid the DJ having to talk over top of your great intro. <laughs> oh yeah. We case. ruined it for those guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point about that letters song though. Cause I obviously wasn't familiar with that song and right. 
it took me getting like a minute and a half into the song to be like, oh, this is good. This is this this yeah. song is good. It's a, yeah, yeah, the, it's a great song, and and it's almost like the bridge. It's like a the arrangement's a little funky on it in a good way, but uh, there's almost two bridges in it. And, and the first one again, going back to Toad the Wet Sprocket, I was like, that's Toad the Wet Sprocket. There's some mm-hmm. stuff there, but it's a great song. Right. So I guess they did they appear as a band in the film Ed TV. Because I know their music was in. I think they are actually in the movie. Is that right? I, I actually don't I have to know go back that. To the one time I saw Ed TV. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Nineteen ninety-seven or whatever. I think they are. I think they're in it. Is that part of like their profile on something? Right? Didn't they put that on there? That they're, they're. I don't remember what it is, but actors in Ed TV or something like that. I remember. Yeah. I didn't know if they were just joking around or not. No, I think they're. I think they're actually in it. They released that second album, which looked like a burnt CDR. which so many bands did that man that was a thing they well i remember (laughs) that i had a sublime cd that was like that it was like an acoustic sublime cd but yeah a year later system of a down so actually stroke nine did it before system of a down did it but i wonder (laughs) if that isn't a bad thing you know you part of i loved going to a to a record store. I mean, Matt still collects CDs. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> Unfortunately, right. I, I'll go, I'll buy a record here and there, but it was fun to buy a CD and like, look at the art and everything. I wonder if that was maybe a bad call mm. on their part. I get the joke, I, I but I don't know. Uh, it's a good point. You know, I, I you know, it's, I grew up in the era of vinyl. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, CDs were always like, uh, all right, right, CD, you know, it was already a step down. So I don't know. I wonder, I never thought about that, but you know, I will say, you know, one of the things that I think a lot of bands, it, it, when we were touring with a lot of bands, and I know what happened to us and getting to know the guys in Stroke Nine, we all had, or at least I think we're still friends now because we share a similar sense of humor, mm-hmm. uh, a little self deprecating sense of humor. So uh, those guys are hysterically funny. And I think that that didn't maybe translate <laughs> in that time because, you know, it, it was a different era where you had to present like being a rock band. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, to me, that that album and that whole idea of like, you know, rip this off, it's totally their sense of humor. Right. Uh, I actually you, think that their sense point. of humor comes through more in a song like Kick Some Ass. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. where he's screaming at the top of his lungs, right. but I'm really just a sensitive artist. Like <laughs> right, and stuff right. like that. It's like, it's very funny. I knew that. <laughs> I knew that song and I didn't know it from Jay and Silent Bob. Like I wasn't a big fan of that movie, but I, I somewhere in the world, I've heard that song right. here and there, whether maybe it was on the radio or something. I knew that I'm really just a sensitive artist part of the song. Uh, right. I, I remembered that. And it is once again, I guess that is a pretty quirky song. I wasn't so sure about it in the first verse. I'm like, ah, eh. but then once that, once that chorus kicks in and especially the screamed part at the end, it's also a really good song. Uh, I, I gotta, I gotta talk about one song though. I guess you know them well enough to know a lot of their catalog. There was a, they did have a song on this album where I was like, oh, yikes. And it's a song called do it again. Do you, are you guys, either of you guys familiar with this song? I don't I, ever do it again. Yeah. But. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> this song, this song has lyrics like, let me tell you how sexy you are as I'm going down on you in the car. And 
just when I thought this might get boring, you wake me up in the morning by pouring honey on my body and licking it off. And I'm like, oh, I don't know about this one. And also, I don't know about pouring honey on me. That just sounds that just sounds gross. Uh, and he yeah, also that's... he also makes a lot of sex noises in the song. So maybe it's maybe they're joking around. I, 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 I might have skipped over that one every time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. OK. All right. That would have been that would have been a strike against them. But but we got we got the firsthand info from John here that stroke nine uh, have a good sense of humor. So oh, as long yeah, as they're not yeah. being serious, if that if that was I Buck Cherry, that would have been serious. Probably. <laughs> it kind of sounds more like R. Kelly. But yeah, I, right. You know, <laughs> hey there, I am Johnny Christ from Avenge Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny. You're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians, everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks With Johnny, streaming everywhere now. Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the Musicians Guild podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Within the four walls of the Musicians Guild, we'll be discussing the habits, idiosyncrasies, experiences, and general psychology of my friends and peers, all involved with music in various capacities. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, one-hit thunders, thunderheads, thunder buns. All right, I'll just go with one-hit thunder listeners. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song that they have written. In our giant evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites such as Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurwitz, up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu, and even some of the artists that have been featured on One Hit Thunder. The show is even produced by one-hit Thunder host Chris Fafalius. What more could you possibly ask for? Krista Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you listen to podcasts, and new episodes come out every Monday. I guarantee you'll like it, or we'll give you your money back. Matt, do you have what was going on in the world of music around I this time? I do. So, so I wrote down a few things. So at the time that this is on the Billboard charts, the number one song in America, you know it, you love it, Savage Gardens, I Knew I Loved You Before I Met You, was, <laughs> wow. was tearing up the charts. Mm-hmm. The top five was uh, What a Girl Wants by Christina Aguilera. Nice, Pittsburgh smooth Girl. Smooth by Santana, <laughs> couldn't couldn't be stopped. Oh, the smooth uh, era. <laughs> back, back to One by Brian McKnight. And uh, for the people asking for a Montel Jordan episode, his song Get It On Tonight was somehow at number five on the Hot 100. I, I don't even know that song. I don't know I that song no either. what that song is. I, that, I can't know. Was that in the wake? <laughs> was that in the wake of This Is How We Do It? No, it was about five years after what? This Is How We Do It. Wow. How did he have a top five hit that I don't know? Other- <laughs> That's <laughs> what I mean. Well, I told you, I saw I saw Montel Jordan live one time. He played a 20-minute set. He came out, sang This Is How We Do It, did two more songs, talked about being a born-again Christian and told us to go to his table to buy his, bio- uh, buy his memoir, and then he played This Is How We Do It Again, and that was the end <laughs> <Wow>. of Wow. <the> <laughs> and then a few of the groups that would have been in the same radio station vibe as Stroke Nine uh, that were in the top 40 was Filter, Take a Picture was up mm-hmm. there, 
Smash Mouth, Then the Morning Comes, uh, Blink-182, All the Small Things, Third Eye Blind, Never Let You Go, Foo Fighters, Learn to Fly, Counting Crows, Hanging Around, The Goo Goo Dolls, Black Balloon, and Sugar Ray's Falls Apart were all in the top 40 at that time as well. Wow. That's that's a good good crop of songs right there. That's good stuff. And that's that's a pretty rock-heavy top 40 still. Yeah, Usually top 40, you get like two or three rock songs pop in and then a bunch of like pop and r&b and like a way more of like that leaning (laughs) side of the spectrum yeah i think that that time period that's kind of that's the way it was there was there were a lot more bands and rock bands that were on main that were crossing over from rock week because every other than maybe the goo goo dolls and maybe even them all those bands got played on rock radio alongside rage against the machine and limp biscuit you would hear all that stuff Right, uh, and then and then they'd cross over to top forty. Uh, so it was it was a great time, uh, you know, if you were into, you know, just rock music in general. All right, so we better decide: were Stroke Nine one hit blunders, or did they bring the one hit thunder? We'll let John go first. I, we'll see if he's going to take it, <laughs> if, if he's going to call his <laughs> friends out or not. Oh, uh, yeah. So uh, it's definitely definitely a bl- no i mean a thunder yeah, yeah. come on <laughs> yeah. listen they they're a great band they they hit is undeniable it's quirky it's it's uh it's you you there's nothing like it in mm-hmm. that way it's just this quirky song uh and you know so many of these big hits like that get written in these moments where you're almost joking or you 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 know like you got an idea for something you're like this is ridiculous and mm-hmm. all of a sudden everybody stops and goes that's actually pretty cool and yeah. then before you know it, you've got a hit. But, uh, you know, we said it already. Uh, letters, Washington Wonder, and they, they have great songs after it. And um, so, yeah, I say they were Thunder for sure. How about you, Matt? Uh, I'm going to agree. I mean, I have most of their albums. I was, a, I was a pretty big Stroke 9 fan. So, you know, they have great songs. We've talked about this before. Sometimes the, the risky, weird move is what gets people talking. We've talked about... If you're a rapper, having a unique voice that you rap in that sets you apart from everybody else. Mm -hmm. I think doing kind of this weird fake out that this song does and kind of like genre hopping all over the place for four minutes, like that's a that's a risky move. And to use that as your lead single is a real risky move. So uh, I I, thunder. I, I dig it. All right, before I put my thunder or blunder out there, there's a couple other YouTube comments I want to mention real quick before I forget. One, Arizi08 said, and this made me laugh, and then I listened to it, and I'm like, oh, wait a second, they're right. They said, sounds like Metallica's Nothing Else Matters. And I was like, what? And then I went to that you know the the ballad slim part and i'm like oh my god it does kind of sound like nothing else matters <laughs> that's crazy it's it's very you, you gotta no, be I, listening I, for it but yeah I, yeah I can hear it in my head right now okay yeah um I, I could i wouldn't be shocked if that was somewhat intentional if they're like we need sure. this to sound ballady sure well what did what's, uh was there was a, a thing just recently with weezer what was it sanitarium that from metallica that he realized the sweat it was the sweater song was Oh. The same as Metallica. Oh, yeah. Look that one up. <laughs> it happens. I mean, it happens. I, there's only I, so many chords in the I, world. I've probably man. done it. I've probably done it 50 times. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that talking shit. I'm just saying, like, oh, that does kind of sound like that. Yeah, it uh, does. A couple other funny things. 
this one made me laugh out loud. It was, I'm 35 and my brother is 38. He says he literally doesn't remember this song. I th- I still think he's trolling me. I just thought it was funny that literally did not need to be put in there. <laughs> he could just not remember the song. He literally right. doesn't remember the song. And Pleasant Screams 1978 said, if this was released today, it would be all controversial and people would be whining. Like okay, I guess the, the world's just too woke for stroke. Oh nine. yeah, okay. <laughs> woke nine. Here we go. They are punk. Yeah. <laughs> woke nine. Woke nine. <laughs> They're not ready for woke nine. Uh, okay, I say thunder. I think this song's really good, and you know there were a few other songs I like, and I don't know. Yeah, I say thunder. I think it's thunders all around for stroke nine. I agree. Nine. I agree. All right. Well, before we fully sign off, John. Anything going on with Nine Days that you want to promote? I'm actually doing uh, a bunch of solo stuff, which sounds terrible. I'm not that the music sounds terrible. It just sounds <laughs> terrible the same when you're solo stuff. But uh, I'm doing a bunch of things on my own right now. And um, I actually, there's a song that'll be out by the time you air this, where as an artist, his name is Jordy. And he did an interpolation of Story of a Girl and he flipped it to Story of a Boy. So get ready for that one. It's a great song. So, nice. Uh, yeah. And I just, I just want to throw this out there to just sort of like, you know, emphasize the, the, the one hit thunder of Stroke Nine. And I'm being totally sincere. They've put out a string of singles in the past year and they're so freaking good. I, I was telling them like this, you guys are getting better with age. So if you did like their old albums, go check out the new stuff. It's great. Yeah, and we found that with a few bands. I remember we felt that way with with American Hi-Fi that almost everything oh, yeah. they put out after Flavor of the Week were like, these are way better songs than yeah. Flavor of the Week. Yeah. Sometimes right. when you're not stuck kind of dealing with the machine or trying to be mainstream, you just kind of, you just, you do your thing and, and it's it's great. Then One Hit Thunder. One Hit Thunder is hosted by Chris Othayos of the band's Punchline Pack and Another Cheetah and produced by Matt Kelly of Geekscape.net. Underneath me, you're hearing Maybe I'm Wrong of the Punchline album Just Say Yes. Visit punchline.com for merch, tour dates, and news. We're on Patreon now. Become a patron and get bonus content, early episodes, and a chance to vote on future episodes at patreon.com backslash OHT podcast. Do you want to start a podcast? Contact Chris or myself at weknowpodcasting.com for how we can make your show sound as professional as possible. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app. And tune in next week for more One Hit Thunder. listening to the Geekscape Network.
Hey, this is Aaron from No Simple Road. I'm inviting you to come hang out with Apple, Mel, and I as we talk with the musicians, artists, chefs, authors, and beyond from the world that turns us on. We're reaching into the improvisational music scene, the psychedelic culture, the festival world, and getting to know what makes the people tick that create those scenes. Come join us on the long, strange trip over at No Simple Road. Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly of the Ataris and currently host of That One Time on Tour, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Have you ever wondered what it's really like on the road? The highs can be euphoric, but the lows can be crushing. Join me every week as I chat with industry pros about what it's like living out their wildest dream and in some cases, their worst nightmare. Past guests of the show include members of NoFX, Pennywise, Bad Religion, and more. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com.